0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 86 of Confessions of a Market Maker. I'm your co-host, Ray, a.k.a. All Day Ray, a.k.a. Daddy Warbucks, and I'm joined here by my illustrious co-host, former market maker of 20 years and current day retail trader, the former nightclub bouncer who has more knowledge of club life than the Batabi brothers. (laughs) He's taught you how to think like a villain, the Gorilla House Street, JJ. How's it going?
1: Good, brother. How are you doing tonight?
0: Doing great, man. And um you know, I I know I've mentioned this a little bit um on some of the recent podcasts, but you you've recently moved from Regina, Saskatchewan to London, <laughs> England. How's the big the big movement?
1: Ah, oh, it's great. I wish I had done it years later uh, earlier, boy. It's uh it's a great city, you know. It's I mean, Well, any place is great compared to Saskatchewan. I mean, and I don't mean that in a rude way, Mm -hmm. but, you know, just even weather-wise, I'm, you know, not frozen anymore, which is always a plus, but, uh, no, it's nice being in a city again. I'm, you know, I love the crowds. Uh, you know, it's, um, eh, uh, people are really friendly here and the weather's a lot better than everybody said it would be. Um, I mean, it rains barely, It barely rains. I mean, I lived in Vancouver for 27 years and it rained like every day there, Mm -hmm. so you know, this is nothing compared to that. You know, it's been sunny since I got here. It's a, uh, it's a great place. Love to hear. It. Love yeah, to
0: hear. love to hear. Yeah. yeah, shout out, shout out to the good people of, uh, you know, Regina.
1: Yes, you know, I one. love those people. But that weather, man, it, it'll break you. It's a
0: tough one. Yeah. yeah. Do, uh, JJ, uh, do people think like, uh, you know, when they hear you, right? Obviously, it's a North American accent. Do oh people, yeah. Do people think you're American? Like, like what, what are, yep. what are interactions with, like, with the – with a? Uh...
1: Yeah, everybody thinks I'm an American. Um, yeah. And the funny thing is, they all go, "So why are you here?" And I'm like, "Oh, I moved here, you know, be, you know, be with my girlfriend." And they're like, "Why wouldn't you take her to Canada?" I'm like, "Have you been to Canada? You know, <laughs> in the winter time?" You know, they're like, "No." I'm like, they all think Canada is this like magical place, and you know, the people are great and everything, but you know, minus forty-five in those winters, it's um, you know, I wouldn't do that to my girlfriend. That's pretty bad. You know, it, it, London's got the culture and it's got, you know, all yeah. this, you know, museums. And, you know, the other thing is, I haven't driven a car in like over three months. It's great. You know, I dropped 24 pounds just walking around. Excellent. You know, it's it's yeah. great. Yeah. <laughs> Much healthier.
0: Love it. Yeah, yeah. Love to hear it. Awesome. Awesome. All right. So just a reminder, quick reminder to listeners if you guys would like to join JJ myself, and myself in a supportive community of traders, you can join us. At microefutures.com. so you know it's cool jj to get back to just doing a podcast me and uh me and you um,
1: yeah definitely
0: uh it's good you know i know that it's been it's been a while um so it feels good to get back to this um and so today we're um going to be discussing uh this this year in trading i know we're a little way like halfway through the year very uh eventful year a lot of global stuff going on i guess just to start jj what what have been i guess just some of your general overarching thoughts on this year so far
1: well you know the the guys in our trading room in the micro futures room in october and november of last year i was warning everybody that this market's going to change um you know primarily because the the way the markets were in the prior two years were they were just marking the market up pretty much remember we were getting like a new high every week every day yeah there was no supply, Um, you know, we're in that business model where all the large money managers hold these massive positions and they hold so much stock, they actually can't sell it. So, you know, the market would like just keep going higher and higher and the liquidations were just caused by margin calls. And then after they marked it up to 4,800 on the old S&P, boy, everybody got their bonus, everybody everybody got paid in January. And, you know, you'll forgive the metaphor, but man, this thing came off like a prom dress. Like, it just fell apart. And because we don't really have a lot of bid support from investment money, like, you know, Linda Ratchke says trading sardines and eating sardines. So I say investment money and trading money, and we don't have a lot of investment money in these markets. It's all trading money. And that's why we have these massive ranges. So I've been trying to prepare our guys to be able to trade this um you know and it's some days you know it's it's pretty crazy you know you get 150 point ranges in this thing and you know it's just you know the volatility is not that bad it's not like it was during when we were trading covid Mm -hmm. but um just you know to lose to you know to go from 4800 down to you know 3700 that's a lot of s p points you know and that that hurt a lot of people you know a lot of people who were trying to buy the dip didn't realize that the bid was gone and you know the short sellers were holding this thing up and you know short sellers when when they're trying to buy back stock or whatever they're trying to buy back if they see any hint of supply man those guys scurry like cockroaches when you turn a light on in a new york apartment you know they're just poof they're gone right you know they're buying it like ten dollars they see a little bit of supply boom they're bid six And then the markets just fall right into their bids and then they just keep dropping and dropping and dropping. And, um, a lot of people weren't prepared for that. You know, um, it's, it's very strange. This market, you know, has been, it trades like a stock that has been short squeezed and then falls apart. Mm. Um, and that dynamic has, has made it really tough to trade. Another thing too, is a lot of these, you know, you know, this, a lot of these fly-by-night stocks that did really, really well in the last two years because of all this cheap money, um, you know, there's really no bid for them anymore, you know? Um, you know, to last two years, people were buying anything. They're, you know, they're like, oh, what does that do? Uh we don't care. Does it make money? I don't know. Buy it, right? And it would go up, you know, because everyone was marking up positions and having a grand old time. And now people are like, oh, um, know you look at companies like uber i mean i I use uber in london it's the first time i've ever used it i mean it's a great service but they lose like three four billion dollars a year Mm -hmm. right now in the old days if you were losing three you know that kind of money you'd be going bankrupt instead of going public right now we just unload that crap into onto anybody who will buy it and it's you know one of these days people are going to go hey you know maybe i should invest in something that actually turns a profit you know, and we've seen, and we've seen these companies just—I don't know. I, I think, um, you know, they don't really care about their shareholders. None of these deals. I mean, if you look at some of these companies, the way they issue free stock to themselves, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, you know, poor retail and and shareholders and even institutional people—they're buying this stuff at a hundred, two hundred dollars a share, and these companies are just selling stock that they've issued themselves for free. You know into this dollar volume, you know, you look at companies like, you know, that W I S H and even PLTR and companies like that, you know, that were like the darlings of wall street, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, now good luck trying to find a bid, Um, you know? uh, So it, it's, there's going to be a, you know, the day of reckoning is here and let's see if, uh, you know, people, this is going to smarten people up. Unfortunately people have to lose a lot of money to get smart. I know, but, it happened to me. So, you know, I'm not above it. Right. Yep. Um, you know, you learn your lessons the hard way. Right. Yeah. And I think going forward, people are going to be a little bit more careful where they deploy their money. You mm-hmm. know, instead of just, you know, as you, we waste what's say you know, just close your eyes and go along. Right. That, those days. Those days yeah, are over. That, Those <laughs> days are over. It was a fun time, but you know, yeah. Um, you know, things are a little different now, you know, uh, these guys might have to actually earn their way out of this, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I for as far back as I can remember, JJ, uh, probably dating back to when we started the podcast, yep. you know, I always recall you, um, saying like, it, it's scary where we're at in the market. It's scary where we're at in the market. Like once this falls, once this comes apart to use yeah. your phrase, it's going to come off like a prom dress. Um, <laughs> You know, we just didn't know when it was going oh. to happen. You know, um, you know, and it, you know, it's interesting. I'm just thinking too, like as you were you were talking about that, like all you know, all like the darling stocks. You know, I, I don't hear no one talking about it too much. I mean, I see it a little bit here and there, but uh, you remember Spax, JJ?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Specs are you know? I know they've gotten hammered. Yeah.
0: It's gotten hammered, haven't they?
1: Oh, you know, every everything's got. I mean, Jesus, look at Netflix. I mean, could yeah. you imagine owning owning that thing? at six hundred dollars a share. Yeah. I mean, dear God, I mean that's more criminal than any penny stock whammy that I've ever perpetrated. Mm-hmm. You know, six hundred and eighty to seven hundred dollars now it's trading hundred and eighty one bucks. You know, geez, it's just you know, there, there's just so much value and money that has been wiped out. Mm-hmm. Um and um yeah, we'll 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 see, you know, and I I'm not even sure we found a bottom yet here.
0: Yeah. You know? uh, yeah. The way
1: this thing trades. You know, we'll you know, I think the only reason that it's kind of, you know, we hit a low and now we, you know, we just get these short covering rallies and then we'll see. We'll see. I, I, I hope this thing stabilizes and, you know, people can kind of claw some of their money back, you know. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Let's hope so. I mean, I mean, the, the, these type of, um, you know, events, like, I guess, like what you're saying, like, you know, in reference to, I'm assuming why you're saying it's, you know, in years past, like how the market's trading is scary. We're up here. Oh, um man. Is you know because we we would always joke about the the, the pet clothing and uh, the oh, pricing yeah. of this pet clothing right oh, and so God, yeah we, we we need things like this to happen right to kind of like wash out a lot of that
1: you know bring people yeah people need to come back to reality I mean yeah people are just spending so much money um you know like it's just everything has just gotten so out of hand you know my girlfriend and i we were in harrods uh the the fancy british department store and you Mm. know she wanted to you know we're looking at some perfume that she was buying and it was like 140 pounds for a bottle of perfume and she used to buy it for 50 you know Mm. like not that long ago and it it tripled in price you know it's like that's you know just just little things everything has just gotten so expensive um, and, and people didn't care about that, you know, this you know, I had clients that I was, you know, trading for and, and, you know, they, they were buying ripped jeans for a thousand dollars a pair and, you know, just, you know, people spending $400 million on pet clothing for Halloween, you know, that was just, you know, it's, these are, these are things that happen when there's way too much free money in the system, yeah. you know, cheap money, I should say.
0: Yeah. You know? had to had to watch that out um you know jj um i i'm curious like you know uh, taking it back to 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 your heyday um when when you were doing your thing when you were running deals um i'm curious to like you know you know i know this probably this environment is is different than um maybe like past bear markets or things of that nature but i'm curious to how like a bear market would maybe change the way like you would operate running a deal is it harder to bring in buying or it not Not really?
1: Actually, you know what? Yeah, in, in the cheaper penny stock thing, bear markets were great for us mm. because we found that people would lose money trading large stocks and they wouldn't have much money left. So they'd all come into that under $5 arena. Mm-hmm. And 2008, 2009 were some of my best years. Wow. You know, uh, we just, and, and, you know, because the thing is when you, when you have hundreds of millions of shares to sell for a group, um, it doesn't really matter the price as long as you've got tons of stock to sell, you know, so we would take a stock from 30 cents to a buck 50. And people would be really happy with that because they, you know, they'd make a double or a triple on their money. And, you know, it, and, you know, we'd keep the thing going for a while so that, you know, people would have a chance to get out before, um, you know, before we worked it. So yeah, it, it was tough, though. I mean, it is, it is harder, like, you know, you look at stocks like GME and and things like that. Those deals, I mean, when the street took them, the amount of dollar volume they were trading, I've never seen stuff like that before. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and we probably won't see that again for a while. Um, you know, to to gap a stock from forty dollars to four hundred and eighty bucks is is pretty just just crazy. You know, and the dollar volume, the amount of actual dollar volume traded in those days were. You know, it was billions and billions of dollars trading in, in this crazy thing, you know, it was trading, you know, it, it'd have a week where, you know, one week it would trade, you know, like 1.2 billion shares uh, between, you know, 17 and $483, you know, that's, that's some, you know, whoever was selling for the insiders and, you know, liquidating positions, my God, um, you know, uh, they'll be buying some pretty nice private planes. Mm -hmm. You know, I'd I'd imagine. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, there's always an insider selling, you
0: know? (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so, you know, so JJ, so we've had a lot of like, uh, like global headlines and events going on this year. Oh
1: yeah. And
0: Mm -hmm. you know, I I know back earlier in the year, we had a a few of like those like macro guys on the podcast and you know, just from having them on, I, you know, I, I started, I guess paying attention a little bit more. Not that I haven't paid attention to like macro events, but I never really uh I was more of like block the news out and yeah. just trade. Which which I found out I should always be that way because I started trying to Oh boy. Um and not not like really trade yeah. off of the but maybe use it to see like, okay, maybe like um I should stay away from this sector, maybe I should pay attention a little bit more to this sector. And I'm sure there's some validity for some people, but it was just messing me up. Like not, Mm -hmm. I I just need to look at the chart. Um, Where where do you stand on this topic?
1: I mean, I think for long, like if you're a size trader Mm -hmm. and you know, you have an agenda over a six month period or a year period or three months, then you work that macro stuff in. But the way you and I trade, we're like, get in, get out, get paid, right? Yeah. You know, we're like, you know, like we're Robin stagecoaches. Like, you know, we're just, you know, like just jump off the horse, grab the gold, and get the f out of there, right? Yeah. And so we're price action, order flow, structure, whatever you know, technicals you guys are using on the equity side. That nine EMA that I stole from you guys is beautiful, by the way, for for ES trading. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I really try and block all that stuff out because. Like for me, I get analysis paralysis. The more stuff I look at, the harder it is for me to execute, yeah. right? And get into that flow state where you're just executing. And if I block everything out and just, you know, I always say it's like, if you're trying to cross the street, just watch the traffic on the street you're trying to cross. You know, don't look at three streets over, right? Because you're going to get hit by a truck. Or, you know, it's just that that's my view on short-term trading. Yeah, and I, I by no means am I downplaying macro analysis and fundamentals and all that stuff, because it's you know it's going to uh, you know if you have a longer term outlook you know then you should play to those things. But you know I'd always still look at structure. You know if a if a stock can't hold a certain level, uh, no matter how good the fundamentals are, there's something wrong with that stock because I look at a chart of a stock, like a chart of somebody's heart, like a doctor would, right? Mm -hmm. You know, some of these stocks, you just see them just continually going lower and lower. And no matter how good the press releases are, or the fundamentals of the company, um, you know, if the company was so great, why are the insiders, you know, why do they hold less than 1% of the stock? You know, (laughs) it's like they have no vested interest in the company, right? Mm -hmm. You know, it'll have like, you know, 180 million shares out and the insiders will maybe hold 5 million shares, right? If that, you know, it, it's, it's, uh, you know, they have no vested interest in the company. They're all paying themselves these massive salaries, right? And it's the shareholders are just getting just destroyed. Um, and, and that's, that's the problem with, with capital markets and everybody blames short sellers and all that sort of thing. But it's, it's. They never look at the people who actually run the company. You know, like my company makes no money, but I'm taking down six hundred grand a year, mm-hmm. right? And ten million dollars in stock options and S eight stock and stuff like that. So, eh, you know, if you're if you're an investor, like if you're gonna hold a company for a while, you better lift up, you know, the covers and see what's underneath there. You know, I'm I'm a big advocate of that. I mean, uh, you know, uh, because otherwise, you know, you there's there's just no point. You know, if you're buying a stock. And it's you know twenty dollars, and the insiders have given them themselves stock at thirty cents. You know, <laughs> every day they're selling at a profit. You know, mm-hmm. and you know, so you're holding it at 10, you know twenty. It goes to fifteen, to ten, to five, and. You know, and then next thing you know, it's it's penny stock status. You know, while these guys are you know driving around in Bentleys. So (laughs) yeah, yeah, you know it's it's you know it's you just gotta watch you gotta watch that and you gotta do research if you're gonna be an investor. Yeah, you know for for trading, just you know, uh, you know, follow your chart, follow your price action, and uh, you know, I'm I'm a big believer. You know, it's like Public Enemy says, don't believe the hype. Yep. You know. Yep. Yeah. No.
0: I and I've um I've I've always been of that uh, stance, right? Ignore the news. I try or oh, the yeah. the headlines, the global macroeconomic picture. Tried to tried it out for a little bit, not for me. I've like doubled down on like just block all that out and just you know yeah. keep it simple. And I I think too, um, and it's I'm sure it's not for everybody um, uh, who give uh, economic analysis or. You know the this whole global picture i mean how how much of them actually have skin in the game exactly yeah right? uh, exactly. it's, it's easy to give an analysis as opposed to actually getting it into the arena and like mixing it up, you know so oh, I, I think there's definitely. also that element to it as well, yeah which is interesting yeah did you did you ever none of this ever matter to you right like back in the day when you when you were doing oh. your thing
1: oh God, no, no, I mean, I would read the Wall Street Journal. Mm-hmm. Just when I first started in the industry, I would read the wall street journal just to learn about the business. Right. Yeah. But once I was on a trade desk, Oh God, we never even had time to read the news.
0: What about the right? Fed? And none of that mattered, right? None
1: like... of that. None of that mattered right. because, yeah. you know, you, you were working out a position and then you'd you'd see, you know, there'd be other guys on the, you know, other guys in the firm that'd be watching that and they'd be running around and, Oh my God. And, and you'd be like, did we sell a hundred thousand shares? Yeah. Okay. Print it. You know, (laughs) it's like, you know, and then your clients like, am I liquid? Yeah. Yeah. We sold your stock. Right. Okay. I want a wire. So we were just liquidating positions for the insiders and for the, the founders of these companies. So none of that stuff really mattered. I mean, unless it was, you know, something really serious, like in 1997 when long-term capital almost blew up the markets because their quants couldn't trade their way out of a wet paper bag, Um, you know, they shut down the market for the day and they sent everybody home, you know? So we were like, oh my God, you know, do we have a job tomorrow? They're like, well, we'll see, right? Um, You know, that stuff like that was, you know, like those kind of things we would talk, but, you know, I would still, and I still read the Wall Street Journal and Bloomberg and and just, you know, out of, because I like to know what's going on, you know, but uh, does it really factor in my analysis? Like a couple of things, like when we found out that, you know we looked in the wall street journal one day and they said you know there's 800 billion dollars borrowed against equity portfolios then you know then we're like okay well then you know margin call situations can happen you know mm-hmm. so we'll have that in the back of our head but we don't trade it it just kind of you know what kind of environment are we in you know
0: right right makes makes a ton of sense yeah yeah you you know JJ, you, you were um uh in the beginning of the podcast uh you were talking about how there's not uh much long term Money in the markets, right? People maybe are a little hesitant, like some of these larger players uh, potentially. So, you know, I'm just trying to get into the head of like maybe what some of these guys could be thinking or how they are going to deploy the capital. What, or, or, you know, and I I know you, you know, you read up on these things, Jerry, you're talking to different people. What, what's, what sense are you getting out there?
1: The, the, I mean, I don't really know any serious money managers. Remember, we had Shauna. Uh, on there and she was a cio yeah yeah. it'd be great to get her back on the show uh because you know these are long-term players and you know they they trade for pension they you know they invest for pension funds and stuff like that and it would really really be a good good you know informative thing to get her back on and see what they're looking for to start deploying capital yeah. um i know like shorter term traders who are large size traders are, are looking for this this crazy market to start holding settlement right and some stability mm-hmm. right the other thing too is these guys because they have so much money they don't have to deploy it you know uh you know they can sit on it and and they still get paid right because they still get their management fees right and you know and and they're also paid to be kind of stewards of that capital so and not deploy it irresponsibly so it'd be really, and and because I've never worked for a money manager or one of those sort of what we call white shoe, you know, like a BlackRock or, you know, Morgan Stanley or, you mm-hmm. know, these larger sort of, you know, investment type houses, it'd be great to get somebody on there and and see what they're looking at, um, you know, with the macro and everything to see when they're going to start deploying capital.
0: Yeah, it's a great you idea. Know? I think we we definitely should. Um, yeah. You know, I think, you know, I think, it, it, you know, I think here, yeah, I've had this thought JJ and like. You know, first off, like before I give this, like a not even like opinion, but like I'm just a short selling schmuck at home, (laughs) retail (laughs) trader. So like I'm nobody. But you know, I think I'm like if you're if you're giving these, you know, uh, these money managers, you know, you're paying them a management fee, whatever, and they're like, oh no, we're not doing. I'm paying you to tell me you're not doing nothing with my money. (laughs)
1: Like
0: what the fuck am I paying them for? (laughs) Yeah,
1: well, you know it's the, funny you're paying I just, them not to lose your money <laughs> that's true that
0: that's true you know I, I guess that's a fair point
1: that that's that's the one thing you know these at, at you know high net worth individuals have they have different sort of um you know objectives right you know the security of their capital and conservative investments and things like that i think a lot of that went out the window in the last couple of years you know everybody started to become like a a cowboy, you know, yeah, and sure. Got a little, and even some people, you know, probably got hurt. Um, the one thing I do worry about, and and the reason you know, we had a thousand point drop in the SP is we don't really have a lot of liquidity in these markets, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I mean, if you look at just you know, you know, you look at just how much paper Apple trades every day, I mean, today we traded 77 million shares in Apple, and it usually trades about 98 million on a 10 day average, but it's thin, you know, the stock moved 2% on 77 million shares. The, the problem is large buyer sell orders move these markets drastically. Yeah. Right. Um, which is, which is kind of, kind of scary. And we see that in the charts. That's why we have these huge ranges, you know, um, because, you know, I always talk about like, uh, the investors or that big investor institutional money manager bids they they're like having shock absorbers in a car right mm-hmm. and the market's the way they're trading right now because the that you know that you know investor money's not present um it's like driving around in you know uh, a 77 Toyota pickup with no shock absorbers it, like the price is just getting bounced around like today in the ES the order book was so thin when Powell was speaking that, you know, like a small order would come in and the thing would just jump like three, four points and then jump down four points. And, you know, so that stability that we have because our market makers are deploying all their capital over these huge ranges is just, is is not there, right? And the ranges are, are big and they're harder to trade. So that that's tougher for us on a retail trading level. We have to really pick our spots, you know, and and do all that discipline stuff, all the boring stuff that they talk about, right? Yeah, you know, discipline and money. You know, it's like, you know, that's so it's, (laughs) you know, but hey, it works, right? So
0: it um, does. If if you want to survive, right? It's like, hey, yeah, you wanted to trade. It's not. It's not always a glamorous. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. You know, but um, you know, speaking of big money, JJ, did you see? uh, I I saw this today. Um, what uh, a Ken Griffin? uh, Is it Griffin? Well, he's, Griffin, yeah, they're they're moving the uh, the offices uh, to Miami. I, I saw well, yeah. You know,
1: Ed, well, it, it, somebody was saying, that, or I read in the, I think it was Bloomberg, he was complaining about crime in Chicago, and I haven't been to Chicago in probably fifteen twenty years. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, you know, it, I, you know, good people there. I hope uh, hope things aren't as bad as he portrays it to be. But uh, yeah, Miami. I'm sure our, our mayor of Miami was, must be quite happy about that. Yeah, well, he is. Yeah. We'll have he to is. get him back on the show. He's uh yeah. you know, but hey, you know, Miami, I mean, I wouldn't mind working in Miami. I mean, you know, if uh, Citadel's taking applications, I'll uh you <laughs> know, I'll I'll work the trade desk in Miami, you know. It'd be uh you know, not such a bad place to live.
0: <laughs> hit, hit us up,
1: Ken. we'll,
0: we'll submit the application. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw it. I, yeah, I guess he, him, and the governor. He has beef with the the Illinois governor. I, I don't know. I didn't read much into it other than I saw, you know, uh, Mayor Suarez was, yeah. was pumped up. You know, I, I, I've been talking with a few people. JJ, um, not to get off topic here, but um, there's been rumblings. Uh, I've even read like I think it was in the New York Times um, about Mayor Suarez potentially like making a play for president. Oh, that would be cool. I, well, I, it'd be cool for us to be like, "Hey, we talked yeah. to this guy before he became president, he or, president. or at least tried."
1: Yeah, yeah exactly. You know, be like, he'll be, be like, cool. "I don't know those guys." <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that'd be yeah. cool. That'd be cool.
0: Yeah, but, that uh, would be cool. Yeah. So, so uh, back to the the markets here. Um, You know, we, you know, listeners know we we got a trading room. um, from 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 your position jj how have you been seeing retail traders uh fair in the market this year
1: it's 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 been a lot harder for mm. a lot of these folks um you know people a lot of these people you know it's like sailors they've been fair weather sailors and the market's going up it's it's been good but when those storms come um it's it's really hard because some days you know some days of buying day the next day is a shorting day then you're buying again and being able to switch and not get, you know, held up in choppy markets. And, you know, there are definitely times in the day where you shouldn't be trading, right. Where you're, you know, you're letting the large size traders do their business and not getting in the way. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people have just been getting chopped up. It's, it's been, a it's been a very difficult market and for, for a lot of retail traders and we've been really trying to keep people on the right side. And, um, you know, like, you'll, you'll see that, you know, after some really, really bad days, the next day on zoom, there'll be less people, you know, yeah, and you know, yeah. that people have just gotten chewed up. And, um, you know, you tell people to be careful, you know, because I've been doing this for 30 years now, um, you know, but you tell people to be careful. But unfortunately, retail trading is, you know, you're sitting in a room, and a lot of people who come into retail are, you know, they're sort of type A personality people, they're used to taking the bull by the horns and working really hard and, and to them to sit and wait for a trade, um, or wait for the right conditions to come, you know, that just goes against, you know, they're like, I'm just sitting here. I'm not working. I'm not making any money. Right. And then they go into a trade, get stopped out. They go long, go short, go long, go short. Next thing you know, they're down 500, a thousand dollars. And it's just, it's really, it's, it's been pretty nerve wracking for a lot of people, you know? um and and i i sympathize with that and even me like sometimes you know i'll i'll when i start trading i'll just test myself on a micro or two to see if i do a lot of self monitoring is like is my brain working am i executing you know before yeah. i even think about sizing up yeah um it's 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 the only way to do it you've got to really you know test and 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 just make sure that you know you can't be too over cautious but um, I was taught to be really cheap and and preserve capital, so uh, that that's that's the big thing with me. You know, I'll I'll test the market out, see how it's trading, and moreover, I'll test myself to see, you know, am I seeing things right? Am I reacting right? If I'm not reacting right, you know, I got to start reassessing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what I'm doing, or if I'm seeing something, or I'm reading it wrong. Um, so I do a lot of that, like especially on Monday if I have weekend brain. Mm-hmm. um you know uh you know yep. now that i actually have a life on weekends um uh, you know which i haven't had for like you know 25 years so you know it's like sometimes monday and i'm like oh yeah it was a nice weekend and you know i'm like oh god i gotta do a snap ass snap out of it you know and get into the price action you know yep. so it takes it takes me a little longer now you know which is nice because we have that london session so i can uh I can prep a little bit for uh for the regular trading hours.
0: Yeah, yeah. The hours are a lot different, right? Because you are you are oh, yeah. in what, like central timing and all right, uh, I know it's I know it's switched GMT, a little bit.
1: Greenwich mean time. Uh so it's like, you know, here, like right now it's um what time is it here? It's so uh, almost ten o'clock. Right? Yeah, so you're so five working, hours in front of me. Friday, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No,
0: I was saying like when you were in Regina, you were probably. I think you were like central. You were like one or two hours behind me. I guess it depends on yeah, daylight savings. It,
1: exactly. Yeah, and Regina yeah. doesn't change time zones. You guys would change. So yeah, yeah. Same. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's good. You know, it's at that London Open is a wonderful time to trade, especially for new traders. Mm-hmm. I highly recommend it, and. I've noticed on the Zooms that, you know, people actually get up to trade with me at like 2.30 in the morning New York time. Yeah. And then they just go back to sleep, right? Because That's funny. what I say is, you know, you get up, you know, you trade a little bit, make some money, and that kind of takes the edge off the open uh, in regular trading hours, right? Because mm-hmm. then you're not pushing yourself to make money because you've made a little bit. And, you know, so, you know, you cash up a little bit before the open, and that kind of takes that. Oh, I gotta make money. I haven't done anything today. You know that takes that and like, kind
0: of yeah, wanting the press. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, I mean that that's that. I mean these are things I remember you always being good at and like even impressing on me because I, I I think, um, you know like like you willing to like, okay, put on just like one one or two contracts and like being okay with it. I, I'm a, like oh, I w- was always in the mindset of like, it's always been hard for me to downsize. Um, oh, okay. and I mean like even in poker, yeah. like even if I like lost a lot of money and I had to like play lower stakes, it would fucking pain me. Cause it's like, Oh yeah. um, but now I don't have any problems doing that. Um, yeah. and, and I think it's like necessary. I mean, especially like when we were getting into this kind of like new environment and like, Oh yeah. Some of the, like my strategies weren't working how they used yep. to or yep. what I was used to. And so I was like, okay, let me dial it back a little bit like you were kind of saying, get a feel for things, um, and yeah. so got the confidence back up and then we can yeah. go back up.
1: Exactly. And see, the thing is like, I was, when we, I started in this business, the guys who like the, the guys who owned the brokerage firms were like 60 or 70 years old. So this was like 92, 93, 94. And so these guys, you know, a lot of these guys had, had traded and, and, and grown up when, you know, the interest rates were really, really high. And, and there was money was, they were so cheap. Like I remember the owner, the, the guy who actually owned our brokerage firm, his sons ran it, but the old man was worth like $600 million. And he took the bus to work every day. Yeah. Right. And he wore these like $99 suits. Right. That, I mean, they, they were just like horrible looking suits. You know, they looked like they were made out of cardboard or something. And, you know, and he was so cheap and they made us pay, you know, they charged us for staples and photocopying And uh, I mean, even coffee, they would charge us for coffee in in the place, you know, you make these guys like 300 grand a month in commission and they still make you pay for coffee, right? So I I have that mentality when I'm trading of being, and and excuse me, of being like a miserly cheap old bastard, Mm -hmm. right? So, and that really kind of (laughs) helps your capital preservation, right? If if you're cheap, you know, Um, because then you won't trade all the time or overtrade or you know, you, you kind of look at things a little differently, you know, and I, I think that's,
0: yeah, I, I mean, you know, I, and I could, I could, you know, it's it's like, you know, we we have these conversations now, JJ, and it's totally different for me now. Cause like, I'm at least, uh, way more experienced than I was oh, when, yeah. we, when we started. And yeah, I mean, like the game is so tough. Like you have to be stingy, right? Oh, like, god, yeah. Or, or yeah. if you're out here being like loose, you're gonna, you're not going to win.
1: No, it's, it's, it's hard, you know, and I was telling the story, there was a brokerage firm in Montreal, and um, they had a branch in Vancouver, and there were like 50, men 50 men, a couple of ladies in there, too. And all they did was grind. They were just grinders, right? They would scalp here, scalp there. And everybody made fun of them. And, you know, because, you know, these other guys, Oh, I made 400 grand this month, I made this, that, but these guys would be consistently making money, you know, and they weren't like they would bring their, like they wouldn't carry briefcases. Like they carry their lunch in a grocery bag, right? And they would like wear polyester sweaters and stuff. But you know what? When any, any one of their brokers blew up and needed to borrow 50 grand, these guys were liquid, right? Yeah. Like the guy in, in, um, in Rounders uh what was his name oh uh, kanish 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 right yeah if anybody like when they blew themselves up he was always liquid right yeah and you know it wasn't glamorous and and so that's what we've been doing a lot of scalping and grinding in this market and you know just make a little here make a little there it adds up you know yeah for sure
0: you know yeah. it's interesting actually you you bring the kanish up I i was thinking um along this topic, right? Like we have, we have, you know, markets tanking and like, this is obviously across crypto NFTs (laughs) everywhere. And I was, I was thinking, you know, especially like when that whole uh, Wall Street bets movement was going on and it was like, I I mean, I remember thinking, I mean, you've had private conversations during that time. To me, it almost seemed like it was like promoting like (laughs) reckless gambling.
1: Oh yeah, <laughs> you, it you, was you know what I'm yeah. saying?
0: And, and like everyone want, wanted to be that gunslinger and, and yeah. you do. You you we bring this back to rounders. It's like, yeah, it's not glamorous being Kanish, but like yeah. those are the guys who have the money at the end of the day, like over the long yeah. run. Over oh, the yeah. long run, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, when what he, when what's his name got busted out, you know, he had to go to Kanish, you know, and yeah. you know, he had to go work for Kanish or whatever, you know. And yeah, so I I I, I think trading Um, And a lot of things, too, that, that, you know, that I've actually started to say now, and I never used to say it in the old days was, you know, people want to grow their accounts and, um, you know, they'll say, okay, I'm going to take five grand, make it 40 and trade that into 200,000. I'm like, dude, you don't have the skill to do that. Mm -hmm. Right. Start by making a living and being consistent. Right. So what we get our guys to do now in the room for people who are new and are just getting consistent is every week take money out of your account right? So your ego can't get your hands on it. Right. And just always pay yourself. You know, and I was thinking over the weekend, cause I had a buddy of mine who was having trouble with this. And I said to him, you know, in the old days, before I became a retail trader, I have never wired money into a brokerage firm ever. Mm-hmm. It's always deposit stock, sell the stock, get the money out, you know? So you sell stock on money, you get Monday, you get a wire on Wednesday, you sell on Wednesday, you get a wire on Friday. Right, that's how we lived. We we never it was never even thought of to wire money into a brokerage firm, right? It's a one-way street; it comes out. So, and the only time I've ever wired money into a brokerage firm was to open my futures account, right? Mm -hmm. I've never actually wired money into. It's 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 just always the other way. So, (laughs) you know, we try and get people to to think like that. It's a business. Pay yourself. Pay yourself. Pay yourself. You know, and and put something away for you know when things don't go well right yep. um you know always you know stash some money somewhere where you know you can't execute on it you know and um you know it's it's uh you know the old guys in the in the days would say you know, it's always good to have an fu million stashed away somewhere yep. right you know it's like you know nothing is says security like a million dollars stashed in some offshore bank account right that nobody <laughs> knows about right that's always you know that there's nothing like peace of mind right so yeah, just pay yourself, guys. You know, and yeah. girls. You know, definitely. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. no, I, and that's what I I love about it. Um, you know, th- these things we we're talking about is they're they're just they're good practices, right? And if mm-hmm. if you're having good practices, like over time, you're you're going to win. And you know, yeah, you know, you don't have to worry. Like people are always like, oh, I want to make X amount of money. I want to make X yeah. amount of money. And I think, like me and you, what usually our response to people is like just. focus on these good practices do do the good process and then the money will take care of itself
1: yeah not not vice versa not like oh i want to
0: make this money and i'm going to do it well yeah you gotta
1: yeah it's good it's good to have goals but realize that trading is a skill you know and it's like it's like say you and i walked into a hospital and said hey uh we want to make do a little brain surgery to make a little quick cash here you know yeah. um or let's do a, you know uh yeah i'd like to do a mitral valve ba- you know bypass and make 200 grand doing that surgery right did you go to med school no but you know i watched a youtube video right <laughs> yeah. you know like yeah it can't be that hard right yeah. so you know when you when i say that to people they're like oh i'm like yeah you know this is a skill you know and, and people like you know even like poker players like how much time did you put in learning watching things with all that stuff and the software and all of that stuff, the preparation you did, yep. you know, it's not like, you know, you went to a bar and you drank some beers and started playing poker and making money like they show in movies, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, it was systematic. You had, you know, you ran through scenarios and you did all of these things and nobody sees that part. Right. 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 So, yeah. you know, it's, it's just like anything else, you know, and, and, unfortunately, fortunately all the boring stuff is what actually saves your butt you know in the end from from blowing up accounts you know yep. it's that boring discipline um you know and and all that stuff that's that's not glamorous you know
0: yeah yeah uh,
1: that's
0: <laughs> exactly right so so yeah so jj so i got um we got a question you know um i, I was fielding some questions from the room today only got one unfortunately i was hoping we get a little bit more but i guess they they probably hear us enough <laughs> they, <laughs> But uh, this is coming from my boy, Yousef. Big shout out. Uh, he's in Hawaii, JJ. He's a, a oh, Hawaiian. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Oh, shout out how's to him. It? Good, good. Uh, how's it? Good dude. Um, so the question he has here um, is, so it, it's kind of a mold. I'll, I'll read it all at once, JJ. And then, mm-hmm. you know, if I got to go back and read some, we'll do that. No um, so he says, what is stepping in front of size? Uh, what is an inside bar? How is this applied to lower time frames um, inside selling versus outside selling? how to identify sticky buying so i guess that 's kind of a lot well i guess oh, we 'll start okay. with the we 'll start with the first one so what is stepping in front of size
1: stepping in front of size is what large traders will do and and sort of more sophisticated traders will do when they see a size seller right so say a stock's trading at ten bucks and all of a sudden you see a size seller coming in right you see all the bids getting hit they'll step in front and short ahead of that like or front run it right that's what stepping or stepping in front of a large buyer right because mm. a lot of people who are watching the dom that sort of thing they'll see a large bid show up and they'll jump in front of it to try and front run the order flow right get ahead of that buyer and so that that's what we call stepping in front of size right um and what was his other question uh, yes inside so, bar
0: yeah, yeah, he has oh uh, yeah, an inside bar, and how yeah. is it applied to lower time frames
1: okay well i for me, an inside bar means you know it it doesn't take the high or lower of the previous bar, so what's going on there is is a lack of order flow committed in one direction, so that inside bar is when the market's kind of like to put it in a in a funny manner, it's like the market's taking a bit of a smoke break, right it makes its move. And then yeah. you get an inside bar and it's just kind of chill out for a wait, wait for some more order flow before the next move happens. And that inside bar allows traders to adjust their inventory, that sort of thing.
0: Makes sense. And I, w- I would imagine like this, it's kind of like, I want to stay out during this time period, right? Like, I, yeah, I mean, yeah,
1: yeah. That's the time where you go get a coffee.
0: Right, you know, right.
1: That kind of thing. Yeah.
0: Right. Okay. Yeah. Um. All right. So next, um, next part of the question, um, inside selling versus outside selling.
1: Oh, yeah. Um Inside selling is just like in the e s for example um at say three o'clock in the morning if if everything 's calm there 's no there 's no news or anything uh inside selling is say a market 's at like five and you know it trades at five for maybe an hour two hours people and it can 't get to six it can 't get over six then people are trapped, say between four and five bucks, and then those people become supply. When they start selling out so the market will adjust inventory by selling off uh but it won't break like serious levels it'll it'll hit a level that selling will cease the large traders will buy it all up and then back up we go that's that's inside supply that's those are just trap longs right Mm -hmm. whereas outside supply is if is is what we call um dilution right that's when a large seller comes from outside and starts selling size into a market, and you'll tell, you can tell right away because it won't hold won't hold your, your market profile levels, or it'll break EMAs, or it'll break your fibs, or whatever you're using to watch price action, it'll just chew right through that, and that's what I call outside supply.
0: Cool, all right, and then the last part, um, how to identify sticky buying.
1: Okay. Well, sticky buying is, sticky buying is buying that'll hold settlement, right? Um, Especially in a stock. So, you know, we were looking at, uh, what was that stock that you guys were fooling around with? was it EDU and Dawn?
0: Yeah, EDU and Dawn. Yep. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. You know, so, you know, the, the EDU finally came apart in the last couple of days, right? But, yeah, yeah, at least yeah. somewhat it
0: but it's it's held yeah. decently. I mean, I had some good shorts on it, but yeah it, yeah, it hasn't like really peeled. I mean, it did today, I had another short yeah. on it, but
1: yeah. It, it's it's not bad. I mean, because so it went up like say on the 15th, and the next two, three days, it it held twenty-one dollars. Yeah. So I would say that was fairly sticky buying for that time. Then yeah. it traded another couple of days and then finally inventory got long and it broke nineteen fifty-five, but it's still trading above eighteen oh seven, right? So for me, sticky buying is buying that holds settlement. Right? Like look at DAWN. That's sticky buying.
0: Yeah. Because you know after yeah, yeah.
1: after it made its move, it still has not yeah, yeah, it's stuck, right? Yeah. And and sticky buying means two things. You got people who are buying the stock that are holding it past that T plus two or T plus three or you know, or past settlement. And the other thing is, you know, supply seems to be kind of getting choked off in that, you know, uh looks like they acquired all their stock under eight bucks and you know they're being very very diligent just selling very gingerly um you know so yeah that that's sticky buying you know
0: yeah i i think i really love that uh that concept because you know like because you know we're taught because you know i short sell Um, oh yeah and so like obviously like that's very important like like with dawn right it's like okay like this thing is not it's
1: it's, yeah, it's
0: not going. It's this, yeah. this is real buying. Like, it's not. Yeah, I, I yeah. should stay far away from this. Like Yeah, it's,
1: exactly. Because, yeah. you know, you could tell you look at the chart and I could already tell that the insiders in, in Dawn, they're like more long term greedy. Yeah. Right? yeah. Because the way these guys think is, OK, we could make I don't know, we could make 50 million in a week or we could take six months and make four or five hundred million. Right. And you know that long-term greed, you can see that on a chart by the way it trades. You know, yeah. It's like they sell a little, you know, and and the you know so that that's 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 a that's a good thing to that's a good question. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I stayed I stayed clear away from Dawn um, since yeah. the the one day we were talking about it. But um, I've been I keep taking stabs at Edu short. Um, yeah. But that one I, I've traded so much over the past, JJ. Like when that one unravels, it fucking unravels. I mean, as do a oh, lot yeah. of the China stocks. <laughs> you know oh, what I mean?
1: Oh well, yeah. I mean, hey, like you know, uh, I mean, all, all my guys who did China deals, you know, and and yeah. you know, that I, I don't, you know, not not to be politically correct, but. Hey, you know, they're, you know, they're going to sell their paper. You know, they, mm-hmm. you know, they're going to sell, right. They sure you know, those Ferraris, uh, the maintenance on those things is kind of expensive. You
0: know, you know, JJ, I was, oh man, I was excited. I thought we were going to, uh, get this, um, Bloomberg reporter who covers the China markets, oh, the, Chi- cool. the China financial markets. Well, no, well, well, cause you know, I had all these questions yeah. <laughs> for her on the, the China markets, you know. I, I feel like not a lot of people talk about these things, and you know, me and you talk behind closed doors. I, there's oh, yeah. a lot of stuff, I, was, I think, going on in there. Um, but <laughs> uh, the compliance department said no. She's going to come on the podcast. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh,
1: that's funny. Bloomberg, Bloomberg. compliance
0: said she's going to come on the podcast.
1: Oh, come on, Bloomberg. Come on, Bloomberg. Yeah. I, to, I want to
0: know. I want to I want. I want to. Uh, she's a great follow on Twitter. I f- I forget her name. Um. But yeah, the, the China market is is, is uh, interesting, is fascinating to me. It's well, cheap.
1: yeah, I mean, I took so many Chinese companies public. I mean, mm-hmm. it, you know, living in Vancouver, it was a big thing. You know, I, I told you about that pencil company. We took the seventeen dollars a share. You know, yeah. I mean, those pencils, for God's sakes! But you know, <laughs> it, you know, they they bought it, so we sold it. You know, and uh, sold it all the way up to seventeen bucks. You know, yeah, it was, uh, that was.
0: <laughs> we'll have to we'll have to find um we'll have to find somebody who covers the china markets try and get them here on the podcast. if any of the listeners yeah. if any of you guys know message me or jj for any Definitely. any recommendations but yeah. um
1: we'd have we'll, have we'll have to get like uh shanna to work her her uh her connections with uh you know with some of those guys from um the business news outlets you know like yeah. uh charlie payne you know yeah he williams himself we got to get him on the podcast
0: yeah <laughs> uh, we sure do that would be yeah. that'd be a great one uh, that would be a great one
1: yeah
0: oh um, man so you know with that that will conclude today's episode of confessions of a market maker if you guys enjoyed the episode please uh like it leave a review for us uh, if you guys would like to join a supportive and professional community of traders you can join jj and i at microefutures.com. jj it was fun, man. It it was good. Yeah, uh, just getting back good. to me and you, man. It's uh, yeah. reminiscence of like when we first kind of started it, man. We'll have Definitely. to do more of these ones, just me and you.
1: Definitely some market updates. Keep people in the, uh, in the loop here.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Any, uh any par- parting thoughts? Uh, par- parting thoughts?
1: Oh, no, just, you know, just uh, try and, uh, you know, just watch your risk over the next, you know, a little while and, you know, trade, uh, just be tactical about your trading, you know? And uh, don't don't force it, you know, things will change. And if, you're ha- if you've had a bad last couple of months, don't worry. You know, uh, these things always swing and, uh, you know, the education you get will help you in, in your future trading, you know, years. So just uh, keep your head up and, you know, if you need help, reach out to us. We're always around. Yep. Yep. Absolutely.
0: Great advice. So for the gorilla of house street, I'm Paulie Walnuts. You stop, so.
1: Good night.